Yes, yes, another Torque Talk coming your way. My name is Rich Ryan, and a Torque Talk is when we talk to the athletes of the Obstacle Racing Collaboration to get their stories behind racing and training and to let you follow their progress throughout the 2021 season. So today we have Annie Doobie, who is an elite OCR athlete and former age group Spartan world champion. She's also one of the brightest athletes and -and up-and-comers in the sport to look out for this year. So Annie is a tremendous talent. She has a big capacity to do work, and just in her short time as an OCR athlete, she only started in 2018, she has learned quite a bit about what it takes to compete at the highest level, and she shares a lot of that insight with us. So make sure to give Annie a follow at Mountain Goat Girl on IG and follow along Torque at the Obstacle Racing Collab. Cool. Awesome. Let's get into it. Annie Doobie. All right, we're here with Annie Doobie. Annie, what's going on? Hey, Rich. Uh, not too much. How are you? <laughs> Doing well, thank you. I appreciate you popping on today. I'm really excited to chat with you. I've gotten to know you quite a bit uh, over the past couple of months and just really want to kind of dive in and just see what makes you tick a little bit and see what like what some of your goals are here with OCR. So you've been doing OCR for a couple of years now. Where, where are you currently like living and training? So I'm right now in Redondo Beach, California. Um, cute little beach town right outside LA. Um, and yeah, I can't really complain too much. It's like 60 degrees and sunny right now in the middle of February. So, um, kind of nice. Yeah. And you know what it's like to not be nice in February. Oh yeah. Right? Oh yeah. <laughs> so you're from, you're from the, the mitten. Do, will you call it the mitten state or what, or what do you say? Um, no, it's not called the mitten state, but I'll throw it up no matter what. I'll put it up there whenever I meet yeah. somebody from Michigan. Yeah, that is definitely a Michigander thing to like throw up your hand and point out where you live. Um, Yeah, I grew up in Michigan, Detroit area, lived there for like 25 years. Um, Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And yeah, like certain things I miss about being in the Midwest, definitely like a nice community and like people are super nice there and whatever miss the seasons but moving out west a few years ago was just like a game changer for me like opened my eyes to like just the outdoors and um just like sparked a passion for me with like you know just being active and running and trail running and rock climbing and all that so it's been it's been great and I don't I don't think I'll ever move back um family's still like in Midwest and East coast. So it can feel kind of isolating out here, but like, I don't know, I wouldn't trade this lifestyle for anything. So it's interesting to hear that you went out there and found that you are really driven to be outdoors. Cause like, it seems like that is like really what you're passionate about, just that you yeah. want to be out doing adventures and, and, and finding out like what else there is to see and do. And that's kind of like, that's in the vein of, of obstacle course racing too. You know, a lot of people are kind of like that. They're drawn to the sport because like, Oh, this is just kind of cool. This is kind of fun. And we get to see different stuff. So what did bring you out West? Like, how did you end up like deciding to go if that wasn't like the main driver? Yeah. So it's like an interesting story. Actually, I was, I went to, um, university of Michigan. So like stayed Midwest local, um, and then got a job, um, went to business school and got a job at like a big corporate I was working at GE for a while um started out in Chicago and they wanted me to move out to Phoenix because that's where like my team was based and so I was like so reluctant to go I like didn't want to I had no idea like what it would be like there I just pictured like golf and like (laughs) hot weather (laughs) like misery like I didn't realize that there were like mountains and fun things to do aside from that. So, um, moved out, didn't know a single person, like, uh, really was only expecting to stay like a year maybe. And then slowly like, you know, built like a community and discovered like trail running, rock climbing, um, and figured out like, okay, I can like live this life where, Like my job went, even though I was at the same company, it went from being like in Chicago where I'd show up at like 7am work until 
like eight or nine sometimes at night, like never see the light of day. Like even like my gym was in my office. So I'd work out like during lunch or after work and like not get home till late. And it was just kind of a grind. And like, I don't know, you can only do that for so long, at least for someone like me. So moving out West, like the, the pace was so much slower and like people actually valued like time outside of the office so it was Mm. really nice to just see that I could like have a work-life balance and um yeah I don't know it was it was just like an interesting revelation for me um and yeah so that kind of like got the spark started but didn't discover OCR until like um quite a ways later so when you you know you go to Michigan it's a good school I mean it's like outside of Michigan, it's like impossible to get into, right? Like going in there with like a business degree. So like you're, you're, you're clearly driven and to, to do well, like how did you envision your life going? Was that like something that you're like, all right, I'm just going to put in this time, get this degree, I'll get a good job. And, uh, and then I'll just work until I die. Or like, what did you like, how did you think it was going to go? Like, I'm just curious. Cause like, it seemed like you were hitting all these markers that were like positive steps. Like you were doing things right and doing things well and even like coming out of school and being in like that grind that they put like kids through essentially it's like okay we're gonna just work you as hard as we can um did you know that that was not going to be sustainable or was it a point where like or when you arrived and you were out west around you know less of this like up-tempo urban atmosphere that you then were like oh this is actually who i am or did it kind of like what was that process like yeah i think I don't think I ever like saw another option to be honest. Like when I was at school, it was like work, 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 like, you know, it was like work hard, play hard. I mean, kind of life there. Um, And same in Chicago, like the people I worked with and the culture at the company was like, you know, you work your butt off and then like you go out for drinks after and like repeat every day. And it was like, you know, you get so like, you, I don't know, blinded, like you don't see like a life outside of that. And um, for me, it was just like checking off boxes and like doing what I thought was the process. Like I was just living like the average, you know, regular like corporate life. And um, it's it was actually kind of fun. Like, to be honest, it was it was like I was really fortunate to have a job where like financially like for the first time in my life I was like saving so much money and like um the benefits were great I had like great managers and a great team um and so I don't think I ever really thought like of doing anything else outside of that and especially with like athletics I've always been uh like active I've been a runner like pretty much my whole life but I've never been super competitive like I know I have that in me, but it, it wasn't like, I never saw the results that proved like, oh, I could actually do something with this. Um, it took a while of like me just convincing myself in the past couple of years that, okay, maybe there is something here that like, if I work really hard, um, I could get to that top level. Yeah. I like that, that that's part of, that's kind of it's like an interesting way to kind of gradually work into it. And, and instead of just being it a lot of, I find that a lot of athletes, it's like the thing that they've just done for forever. It's like they've excelled at athletics and that's part of who they are. And then as they grow, there's like, I don't know, this is just something that I do. And like, I don't know how else to live besides this. Um, Was there a point where, you know, getting into obstacle course racing? um, I think we're kind of skipping some steps here because I I do want to kind of double back and talk about like, how you kind of got to get into it, but <laughs> since we're here yeah, and you've done really well in, in OCR for the limited amount of time that you've been. And like, it's unfortunate the way that Spartan kind of doles out its recognition. It's like you have to be at this race, this race, and this race. And if you're not here, like we don't, we, we don't recognize you as like this great athlete. Like, so like things like Spartan, Spartan pro team or whatever, or however they try to put people up. And, but like, when you are at the big races, like you show up and you do well. Um, so to get to this point to where you are now to where I I think you're going to be like a podium threat at these, at these national series races. And 
but like you can't just get there overnight like what was it like when you switched to this point where you wanted to to find out like what 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 you could be in terms of like an athlete yeah I think I think the switch for me was and yeah this is definitely jumping forward a little bit but like so my first few races in in Spartan and OCR were were age group um I like my first race ever, I didn't even know that there was any sort of like competitive aspect of the sport. Like that there was a finish line. What, what year was that? Um, 2018. Okay. So yeah. So I like ran my first race with buddies and we like walked and like had a grand time. And I, I had no idea that there was like an, even like an age group or elite aspect. I thought it was just like you know, roll in the mud with your friends kind of thing, right. <laughs> um, which sounded like fun. So learning and like discovering that and then trying it out for me was like, where like each race that I did, I kind of like got a further glimpse into like what the sport was about. So like from that first local race I did to then like immediately qualifying for the North American championships and the age group, and winning that overall and then from there qualifying for Tahoe and deciding what the hell I'll I'll try it and like winning that overall I was like okay maybe I should be doing the elite like I don't know (laughs) like it seems so crazy to only be three races in and be like making that kind of jump but I felt like I don't know for the first time ever I was like finding something that I really excelled in and was like naturally good at and Like if I could be at that level without having done any sort of like real preparation or like specific training other than like the few marathons I had done and like little, you know, local races, like it was kind of cool to think about like what the limit could be. Um, And so from there, I ended up um, getting invited to this like Spartan combine Mm. um, where I was like thrown into this like event with um, a lot of like the pro team members and people like who I'd never heard of or met. I had no idea who anyone was at this point Um, and ended up like placing third overall at that. So to be like, you know, in attendance with like some greats and like perform that well to me, even though it totally destroyed me, like I left that race and had like, a lingering cough and like fever for like three weeks because it was so brutal. (laughs) Um, But it was like kind of just a game changing point for me where I was like, okay, I'm going to switch to elite and like, hopefully it pans out. So even getting like the success that you found in age group, like winning the age group Tahoe, like is impressive. Like it's, there are really good athletes in every age group across the board. Right. And that's like a really difficult course. Um, and it draws in a lot of competition and getting to so quick and saying like sort of preparing, right. Like being a runner a bit, like what do you attribute that immediate success to? Um, that's a good question. I, So I remember being in Tahoe and like, I had no idea what I had signed myself up for. Like I got there and like, I'd never been to Squaw Valley before. So just showing up and like seeing the Olympic rings and seeing like people from all over the world, like repping their flags and stuff. I was like, what is this? Like, I, I do not belong here. And I like got to the starting line and um, like, I don't know. I felt like I had no idea what I was doing and like saw the mountain in front of me. And like, I had never run up a mountain like that before. Um, so it was, it was very intimidating, but at the same time I had like such a lighthearted spirit about it because I thought like, if I even finish this race, like I'll be happy. Like it's, it's a big, it's a big race and like a challenging one, albeit. So it was, it was kind of like cool to go into it with that attitude and come out when you're running age group, you don't really know um, like how you're placing because there's like so many people around you and you're just like passing men and like 
I don't know. It's just like a weird scenario. So finishing that race, I had no idea how I had done. Like I didn't find out probably for like an hour later um, that I had won. So it was kind of like a cool experience to just run the race and enjoy it. Like I wasn't pushing myself really to the limit. Like I was just having fun with it. Hmm. Um, and I think, I think that's kind of maybe what like put me at an advantage, just not taking it too seriously, because I think now I'm at the point where like the stakes have gotten a lot higher and like, I've put a lot of pressure on myself and like, I know like there's not a whole lot of eyes on me at this point, but I think that the people who do know me um, see me as like a, a threat to some degree when I'm on the starting line. So I think like now having that pressure, it's, it can be like, I don't know, it's good and bad when it comes to like my mental state. Cause I think I push myself all that much harder now, but at the same time, like it can be self-deprecating when you like, you know, a race comes down to like a spear throw or something. If you miss it, it feels like the end of the world. So. Right. Yeah. That, that things like that, especially in OCR where it's like when it stops becoming fun, like sometimes I will be approaching the race and be like, I understand how this could be really fun. And like, this seems awesome, but I'm not ready to have fun right now. Like this right. is not going to be fun for me. And like, it's like, I wish this was fun. I've like had almost like nervous breakdown to thinking about the spear. And I like normally hit the spear and just like thinking about it. I'm like, Oh my God, well, what if I miss the spears? So like, what does that mean about me and my performance um, with this, with this kind of new pressure? And like, that's, this, this is interesting um, because of like now this competitive, like approach that you're taking to the sport. And, and like I said, maybe not have been that competitive coming up. And it seems like a lot of the things you do are based out of the enjoyment of it and having fun. That's kind of how you got here in the first place. Right. Mm-hmm. Does it feel different now? Do you feel, does it feel oh, better? Yeah. Does it feel worse? It, it's just different. Like I think, um, I don't know, like the first few races that I ran were, aside from missing a spear at some of them, like I ran clean races, like every single time. I I never thought twice about like missing, you know, monkey bars or like any of those kind of obstacles. I didn't even realize you could fail them. Um, Like (laughs) it was like so bizarre to me to like see people fall because it just came to me really easily. Um, So it took like until my first I'm trying to think like what my first race was that was pretty nasty. I don't know, but like the first one I, I think it was Arizona the the second year in 2019 where I did race elite everything. um, We had had like sub um, freezing temperatures. Oh, that's right. There's like ice on the bars and stuff. So yeah, the next morning it was very cold um, which I don't do well with to begin with. And then like the obstacles were frozen. And so I remember like getting to the monkey bars and not even like thinking twice about just doing my normal thing, going through them. And I immediately like halfway through slipped off. And um, I remember seeing Nicole had actually been at that race and she was like ahead of me going through the monkey bars. And I remember seeing her like grabbing them with her elbows doing and a chicken like, wing yeah I was like what the hell is she doing like I don't know it was like so crazy to me and so it's been like a big learning curve for me to learn like okay conditions matter a lot and like um like not like pretty much every obstacle is technically failable and like given the conditions like you know adverse conditions make those obstacles like exponentially failable. So like having to consider like strategy now and like Mm. say, okay, if it's, if it's going to be money, I'm going to do this. If it's dry, I'm going to do this. If it's cold, like, like I never used to think about any of that. So now I think there's a lot more just like strategy running through my brain as I'm running a race. And so it's, it's just like more complicated, I guess. <laughs> it really is. And I, from where I came from, where it was just like road running, the road running is simple. 
you know, like yeah. you go and then you like, turn around and like, you, you just try not to die and just kind of put yourself there. And like, if there is something to think about, it's like, should I go now or not? Like, it's like one or two options. So like, I had that same type of thing, like learning about shoes, like learning about conditions, like just figuring out like all these little things do matter. I found it like, I find it fun and I find it interesting to be in it and like, and trying to figure these things out and like, what's the best. And I like, I like running through these things through my brain during training to see what is going to work. It's almost like a puzzle to me. I'm not a huge puzzle person, but I like this puzzle. Um, Are you, are you that kind of way or would you rather just be straightforward or do you like the, like, like the analytical part of the races and like the problem solving piece? Um, I definitely gravitate towards, I think that's initially what drew me to the sport was that like, I remember trying to figure out how to train like in 2019, when I start first started racing elite, I was like, okay, like I had been used to training for like road races and trail races where it's like, just kind of follow the training plan and like your pace improves and then you race. Like it wasn't like all that complicated. Yeah. I was going to a gym multiple times a week. So I had like the strength component already, but like, I remember trying to figure out how to train like for OCR specifically and thinking like, Oh, this is actually really fun. Like I can, you know, run around the park, like carrying heavy sandbags as part of training. I can go to like, I consider like rock climbing at the gym now is like part of my training versus before that was just for fun. And, um, I think in that aspect, I really love it because I think it there's so many components that go into it. And like, you can't just be a good runner. You can't just be a good climber. Like you have to figure out that exact formula where like, and each race is so, so different. So like, even like it comes down to like fine tuning by the race and the terrain and the weather conditions and like all of that, it's like a game. So I think I love that about it, but I also hate it because it's like so hard. Like you find yourself all the time, just doubting, like, right. Like it could make you crazy to think like, Oh my gosh, I'm, I feel like I'm not doing enough of this. I'm doing too much of this or whatever. So. Yeah. And then when you go to a race and you don't get the desired result, you're like, did I just do all of that? Did I just waste all that time? Yeah. And like, from the way I'm trying to approach it now is that like any type of fitness is going to be beneficial. It's just like, like figuring out what factors are going to be there on race day and like making sure it like is attuned to the things I need to do to make myself the most fit is like the best way that I've found to approach it. It's like, I know I need this and this for this course. So this is what I need to do. Or if it's like something that I I know I'm fine with, it's like, okay, now I can just try to sure up some of these other things or try to bring my fitness to a highest level possible to take care of it all. So like in your case, like, what do you think, like, what do you need to do? Like, what, like, yeah. Like what do you need to do to get better? Like, what do you find these, these points, these points, these like sticking points? Um, so I would say each race, I kind of like try and figure out what the main things were that like went well and what didn't go well and like try to just take note of that and somehow factor that in for the training for the next race. Um, like a big one for me was Tahoe 2019, which was like devastating. It was like the race. I, it was definitely my race of the year. Like I trained, I had gone up there like a week and a half before to like altitude train. It was like, I felt so ready. Like I was this like peak fitness. And then I just dropped the ball and like, couldn't get it together in terms of like gear and like preparing for the weather. And like, I know a lot of that was out of my control, but at the same time, like there were people who just knew what to do and like Mm -hmm. got through it. And so taking an experience like that, as hard as it was and like, realizing like what I need to do differently next time. Um, I think those are the biggest for me. I just like, cause I'm still pretty new. Like I've only had one year really of like elite racing and only a few races on like the, the big scale. So, um, 
I think I'm still like at every single race, like there's something that doesn't go right for me. So just like taking note of that and learning from it. Um, and then I would say this, like the main thing for me is probably just my mental game, like working on like confidence and like, just, just like working on making sure I feel like I belong there and like mm. that I'm not just out, you know, like showing up at a starting line and feeling like the confidence that I, I can compete at that level because I definitely still feel like totally out of place at a lot of the bigger races. And there's something to be said about experience. And that's kind of like what you're alluding to, right? It's like, haven't quite been at every starting line, haven't seen every scenario yet. There's going to be things that are popping up and you're like, oh shit, like, I didn't know this could happen. Is this something yeah. that is like really that could happen? Like whether it is super cool conditions or that was probably the first time I saw a double sandbag too, right? Um, I think so. Yeah. Or just, just like things like that. It's like, oh, I've kind of thought about how to prepare for this, but like feeling it and like, you're, you know, you're 10,000 feet at this point. And it's like, there's yeah. so many things and so many different factors that can kind of figure into that. And that's, I think that is why like the athletes who a lot of the athletes remain at the top over and over just cause like there's, it's hard to run a perfect race. So, and I, I don't know how many you need to do to really have it dialed in to the point where you can, you can run a perfect race. I don't think I've ever run a perfect race at yeah. all, ever. Um, so there's definitely something to be said about experience to, to get out there and just getting the reps in terms of like wanting to feel like you belong, like, how do you, like, what do you think would give you that? Like, what do you, would you need to see? I mean, I think they're like really closely related. Just, I felt like, I don't know. I felt like going into 2020, it was like the first time where I, I felt like I deserved to be like on the starting line at Jacksonville. And like that race didn't go great for me, but like, I knew I was still meant to be there. Like I, I know I was good enough. Um, and I was, I really had high hopes for the, for the series. Like I thought I was going to do really well, um, based on how I left things in 2019. And so now I think I've, I've just taken some steps back because I've, I haven't raced and like, that makes me nervous. And then I've like dealt with an injury and taken a few steps back with that, which, you know, always takes a hit to your confidence. And so I think it's just, it's going to be like, brushing off the cobwebs, getting back on obstacles, um, being around the people, just like having the camaraderie and like, cause it's like a year of just training alone and like figuring this out, you know, it's just like, I don't know. It can be pretty daunting. Yeah. And like, there's a, there's something to be said, like getting the feedback, right? Like work, working so hard and working out and like getting all and like training really hard, trying to figure it out like getting to a race and getting the feedback and either like, you know, Oh, cool. That worked. Or just being humbled and be like, okay, back to the drawing board. When like, yeah, at least for me, when I'm training by myself, I'm like, this is working. I feel better, but there's no, there's nowhere to test it. So like, you can kind of keep going right. down the wrong direction even. So like, I get that, but, um, same thing. It's like fitness is probably, probably good either direction. So, um, being able to get in, but getting the, the race reps is really what, is going to help for sure. And I think that that's going to be a big, a big step um, for you this year and just trying to get out there if we do have races. Um, so Tahoe, want to talk about it? Um, what's so a lot of people didn't finish that race, right? Like it is just was cold. So what, what happened? Yeah. So that race started out fantastic. Like I, I felt amazing going into pretty much the swim. Like I, I know a lot of people had dropped out by that point. Like I didn't, I don't think I knew that while I was racing, but I found out later. Mm -hmm. um, but I didn't have that issue. Like I, I did miss my spear and did the burpees and the cold like ice. And, yeah. You know, that always kind of screws you up, but I, I miss my spear so much that like in a longer beast race, like I know that I can, usually come back from it pretty well um so <laughs> just working into the plan it's like this like is this is according to plan this is great yeah, yeah. um <laughs> but like I got through the ape hanger just fine and like you know I remember feeling like at the top at the top when that like gauntlet like the chill started to set in but then as soon as I got to the heavy sandbag carry 
which was brutal. It like, but it still like, it got my like blood flowing again. And I remember leaving that like warm, felt totally fine. Um, got into the swim and actually like got through that pretty quick and like just started running down the mountain and then all, everything just like went horribly from there on out. It was like first I just like, I started like tripping over myself a little bit. Like I was like rolling my ankle here and there. And like, I remember feeling like a little like fuzzy with my vision. Um, this is what like, you're going down. Started, yeah. Going down the mountain, my hands started going numb. And by the time I got to the bottom, like I was full on cramping. Like I couldn't, I could barely get up over the overwall and then I got to the rope climb, which was like right in the festival area. And like, I must have fallen, like, I don't know, like from the top, like, I think I don't even remember it really, but just like ended up getting scooped up and taken to medical from there. And um, yeah, it was, it was su such a disappointment. Cause I think, I think had I gotten through that like festival area and just like started ascending again I would have like warmed up and gotten back but it was just too late like it's weird that, to do. Yeah, that stuff works right like it's and like were you better pretty quickly after like like once you got warm uh, like, was the rest of your day screwed up because like how was that like I've never think I've experienced that level of of cold yeah I hadn't either it was it was bad like I I remember getting to the like locker room where they had the medical set up and they were just doing everything they could to get me to like stop shaking. I was just like shaking uncontrollably. They had me like wrapped up with some other girl in a blanket and like, just like all the hot liquids. I was probably there for an hour or so before they would let me go. Um, mm. or maybe longer. I have no idea, but yeah, it was just, it was brutal. Like it was. And then, I didn't really know what was going on either. It took me a while to like even realize that I had DNF'd and like how yeah. devastating that was. So then like once I came to that realization, it was just, I was like, I was just a mess the rest of the day. Like, I don't think I realized that that had happened to most people. Mm -hmm. I thought it was just me. So um, I think once I learned that, you know, I was definitely not the only one It kind of made me feel better but it's still like when you put that much time and energy into like a single race and that happens like it really hits hard so yeah. so yeah so when because you were doing well do you know what place you were in yeah I I want to say I like got to the top of the mountain and or at least got to the spear throw and like top five, I think. And wow. then, um, dropped like several places from that. But then I like kept passing people through the gauntlet. Um, so I was probably back in like, I don't know, between fifth and 10th. By the time I got to the swim, I was in the swim with like Leanne and, um, maybe Faye, I don't remember, but, um, yeah. Yeah. Cause and the then, go on. Oh, I was just going to say, and then Esther, who's like from, uh, I think the Czech Republic or something, she, and I dropped out at the, like, we were both in medical together. So I don't know what place she was in, but we were right. We were like neck and neck. She had like took it out. Didn't she, wasn't she like way up there? Wasn't she like in leading the race at some point? I thought maybe. I yeah. Know. I had um, never even heard of her. <laughs> so what would you have done different? Like, what could you, what do you think in terms of gear? Like if you had to do that race over again, if you could go back and tell yourself like, well, what could yeah, you have done? A lot of things I would have, I had no idea what I was doing. I wore like, um, like a base layer, like basically like under armor from like head to toe and thought that that would somehow like keep me warm, even if it was wet, which is like the exact opposite of what happened. Um, like the move was to wear to, I think to get into the swim with as little clothing as possible and then have something to put on immediately after. Mm. So knowing that and like knowing that you could like bring a baggie and like strip down, like even if that takes another minute to like take it off and put it back on, it's worth it to not like 
go through what I went through. So um, that's definitely what I would do next time, I think. Yeah, those little dry bags. I, I bought one because I didn't even know those was, that was a thing either. And then I heard someone yeah. over, over, I didn't use it, but I brought it. Um, I've done that same thing though, where I, I've gone through a couple phases of this. Like the first time it was like a really cold, wet day back here in the East Coast. It was the New Jersey Super in 2018, I think. It was like high 30s, rainy. A bunch of people dropped out that day too because it was super cold. And that day I was like, I don't know what I thought in my brain. I was like, I don't really need warm clothes. And I just wore like a cutoff shirt and no gloves, but then my hands <laughs> were frozen. And like, yeah. I was like, as soon as I started running, I was like, my hands felt like they're like Mickey mouse hands. It felt huge. Cause they're so numb. And yeah. I was like, this is not good. So I missed the monkey bars that day. <laughs> it was like the first thing. And then the next time was in Seattle. Did you do Seattle last year? Oh, no. 2019. Mm-mm. So it was similar conditions. And I wore what you wore. I wore like long pants and then I wore like a long sleeve, uh, just like tight, um, just athletic gear shirt. And I wore like, just like running gloves, which are terrible. Um, and then I got cold and, and I couldn't, it, I just stayed cold, you know, yeah. like it couldn't get dry. It just like held on to, to my body so much. So I found like just wearing like a windbreaker with nothing underneath, like a really light windbreaker underneath, like just to stop the wind and keep a little bit of warmth, but like nothing underneath. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's kind of the way to go. And just like, or going yeah, in without anything wet fabric like on your like it basically turned to ice because the water and then the air was the air was below freezing the water was not so cold but then like as soon as you hit that like 27 degree air like that wet shirt is now like ice touching your skin it's- yeah and you kind of know yourself a little bit too like i run hot like i will sweat no matter what the 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 weather is. So I think that benefits me in those conditions, but you said like you brought, you're not necessarily a cold weather person. No, I have, I have terrible circulation. So I like my hands will be numb when it's like 50 degrees. Like it's like so, <laughs> so sad. Like I'm moving um, to Southern California. Yep, I never want this yep. to happen again. Um, <laughs> is there uh, did you wear gloves? Did you wear like the blags? Do you have those? Yeah, I have black mitts, which definitely helps. And I think I had, had like hand warmers in them, which eventually become like frozen. So like (laughs) that, I don't know if that was the best decision, but I remember in the first, like basically until this double sandbag, like my hands were great. Like I was fine. Um, which was shocking. Um, but then like it was the rest of me that fell apart. Yeah. 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 And like, it did just happen to so many people and that those conditions were just really, really nasty. So you mentioned how like, you know, this, you you went to, you basically went to altitude, right? Which a lot of people aren't able to do. And like, you got there, you tried to acclimate to yourself, uh, your body to it. And then you took it, this was your goal race, you're ready to do it. And you mentioned that it was like a pretty big bummer. What was it like those couple weeks after? Like, how did that feel? in in those moments yeah it was like it was hard it was it sucked um but ultimately like this happens to everyone like as much as it sucks um in the moment and like it takes a while to get over you kind of have to just suck it up and like use it as fuel for the next thing so luckily in california like our season was far from over at that point like not that any of the races after Tahoe were like a races for me, but I kind of treated them that way just because I had the fitness and like, um, I just wanted to prove to myself that like all my training was worth it. Um, Mm -hmm. so yeah, we had like a couple more local races and then I ended up doing the, uh, Spartan trail champ in, um, it's like in the central coast in December. So I still had like several races at the end of the year that went well. Um, so just kind of like pushed on <laughs> that, did that help? Like, how did it, how did those races go? Like, and what did it feel like going into those races? Um, like from a mentality standpoint? Yeah, I think, I don't know. I think like I, went into them with the same just like if if anything maybe even more like fire to like push myself because 
I didn't get the chance to do that as much as I wanted to in Tahoe. So um, like, even though the competition wasn't as stacked and like, it wasn't to the same caliber, it was still like a good chance for me to prove myself and like, you know, push myself to the limit. And one of them was like a beast race too. So it was like, I had the training in place to do that, which was good. Um, but yeah, they went well. I think um, one of our races, uh, it's the Tejon Ranch um, up like a little bit north of LA. That one, um, I ended up like second on the beast and then won the sprint. And then, nice. um, and then we had another race, which was another learning experience for me in Castaic Lake where uh, we had rain all weekend and it was like, like this put like mud run to the, like, to, to the day. The definition. Like it was, yeah. it was like one of those races where I could do not, like I picked up the sandbag and that just like immediately went down. Like I picked it up and then like face planted because I, <laughs> I took one step and just like, it like lost my footing. And I probably dropped the sandbag like eight times on the, on the like little circle. Um, and then I, like slid on my butt for like 200 feet down this giant hill. <laughs> um, and it was also the first time I learned that you can fail the Herc hoist, which I also didn't know was possible. Uh, so, bummer. Yeah, you can. I spent like three minutes trying to get the Herc hoist up before realizing it would have been faster for me to just burpee out. And That's one of those ones that it's like, and the, the tire is like that, not as much on the, on the women's side, but on the men's side, you can get under there and just like, yeah just plug away at it and be like, I can flip this and then just like waste 10 minutes. But the Hercoise, same thing. You get it up and like you can rest and then you're so much energy trying to pull it back up. Um, yeah. What'd you learn that race? Um, yeah. So I think going off that Hercoise thing is like the first time where I saw someone, um, it was Faye Morgan was in front of me. We had been like going back and forth throughout the whole race. Like I'd make an obstacle and she'd miss it. Then she'd get one and I'd miss Like we were all failing stuff that day. And um, I remember getting off the rig and seeing her like just tap the rope of the Hercoise and then doing burpees. And I was like, what? Like, what? Wow. why is she doing that? Like I had no idea that people did that. And so I like just show, get to the Hercoise and I'm trying to like hoist it up and I got it like probably three quarters of the way up and then the mud, like the rope just, you couldn't grip it anymore. And so I was just like, had it like standing and it was just slipping from my fingers, like slowly. Um, and I just waited too long. I was, I should have just given up then and there and gone. Cause I maybe could have done the burpees fast enough and like kept my podium spot. But because I took so long on that, I just, I totally lost it. And it's like Whatever, double burpees then. Yeah. yeah, totally. And that's, that's a hard one to know, like when, like what is going to gain you time versus cost yeah. you time. Cause you've wasted energy too. Like wasted right. a ton of energy, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, did you feel like redemption after these races that, that you went back and it seems like you went pretty well. And I mean, for the most part, I mean the rainy one, whatever, but you're still like come back. Where'd you, where'd you end up finishing fourth or fifth? Um, so that was the second day and I finished oh, fourth. the day before I had won the race. So oh. like it was, it was actually that first day, like a huge confidence boost for me because I, especially coming off of Tahoe, like I knew that wet, cold, rainy conditions are like not my thing. Like it's, I mean, it's something that I just needed more work with and more experience on because I hadn't done it very much. So like having to, having get through an, uh, a course where it was like brutal and cold and rainy and muddy, like, and when, um, was like awesome. Cause it just proved that I could do it. And, um, so then that second day, like it just, I don't know, it was way, the conditions were way worse than the court. You know how, like when, when you have conditions like that, the second day, it's just so much worse because everything yeah. is just like the a full day of running mess. races. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. It just, it didn't play out that well, but. Um, did you approach these races in a similar fashion? Like was the, 
Cause it sounded like Tahoe was one of those races where it's like, I'm, I, I'm here to do well. So maybe that pressure was, was there where it might've not been the years before in, in the age group where it's like, oh, I'm just here just trying to figure this thing out and just have some fun. Um, did the pressure that you felt in Tahoe, did that exist still in these later races or did you, or did anything shift or was it like, how did you feel it helped or hurt? No, I think, yeah, I don't know. I think in general at these more local races where I kind of know everyone and we're like friends and um, like, I feel comfortable around these people. It's, I never feel as pressured. And I think that's why I tend to do better mm. um, versus like at that Tahoe race. Like I had no idea like who a lot of these big names were. And like, there's people coming from all over the world. Like it was a lot more intimidating and a lot more pressure in that sense. Um, and just, just that course in general, like there's so many things that could go wrong versus like the, the local races are, I kind of know what I'm getting myself into. I've done them. I know what to expect. And it's, it's kind of like home territory by this point that yeah. like, it doesn't phase me as much. Um, so I think, yeah. And I think doing more of those and getting those under my belt are good just for me to like build my confidence and like get more experience. Do you think that's going to help translate now that you have like a, a couple years under your belt to the bigger ones, are you hoping that that feeling will just exist in every race? Yeah, I hope so. I mean, I don't know. I think that everyone gets nervous and everyone like feels the pressure. I don't think that ever really goes away. And that's yeah. part of why we race in general, just for that feeling. But I'm hoping that, I don't know. I, I just hope that some of the bigger races for me are le like, that I'm able to just execute them better because I think, I don't know what it is that it's just not like clicking. I've had a few good ones like Utah last year or in 2019. I mean, um, that went really well for me. Um, probably cause it was like a dry mountainous race, which yeah. like tends to be catered to my strength um, versus like the swampy Jacksonville one or the West Virginia. But um, but yeah, I think, I, I think that's definitely like a goal is for me to just feel like I'm going into every race confident and like knowing, all right, here's my race strategy. Here are the things that like, I know might go wrong, but like, here's my plan for like how to execute them as best as I can. Um, and just being like super prepared. I think that's that's all I can control really. Totally. And it seems like you're getting to the point where you're having enough experience that you can have like a couple of plans. It's like, this is how I hope it goes, but yeah. if it doesn't, and if it goes like this and if it doesn't, it can go like this and just kind of, um, whenever things do kind of pop up. Um, and speaking of things kind of popping up, I guess this isn't, this didn't really pop up cause you had dealt with it for a while, but you had mentioned you were dealing with an injury for a little bit, right? Yeah. Um, what'd you have going on? Yeah. So it's like a tricky, tricky injury. I have got a lot going on with my hip, uh, my left hip. Um, it's kind of like a chicken egg situation where I pretty much all of last year was seeing different doctors because I had all this hamstring pain. Um, and like my hip kept locking up and like, it just kept getting worse and worse. And ultimately they finally figured out that I have a labral tear and then I have some tendinosis in my hamstring. Um, not sure like which one came first, mm -hmm. but they're obviously interrelated. And then on top of that, I have like this like weird genetic condition called FAI, which is just like a hip impingement in my um, joint. And so all of these things are kind of like they're manageable. Um, but like, it's definitely something that is always in my head now. And like that, I think also kind of plays into my confidence and just like having to, to just recognize that, like, I'm going to have to deal with this for the long term. And like, while I'm back running now and like feeling pretty healthy, it's, it hasn't gone away. It's still there. Um, a labral tear doesn't just heal on its own unless you have surgery. So it is manageable to an extent and like you can strengthen the 
joint to make it um, very livable and like minimize the pain as much as possible. But it's definitely like always on my mind. And um, it really sucked having to take like so much time to just let it calm down and get better to the point where I could like start building again, because in the fall of last year, I was like, I don't know. I was like hobbling around. Like I had trained all year pretty much um, thinking that, okay, at some point maybe we're going to race. And like, I wanted to be ready. I wanted to be fit enough, like to feel like I could race if, if they did happen. And so it was this kind of this like game that went back and forth of like, should I be taking time off? Like my injury feels like it's getting worse, but like, I don't want to lose my fitness and everyone goes through something like that. I know. So it, yeah, it's just, it's a tough situation. Like, um, but ultimately right now I'm in, I'm in a much better place. I think I, I have it under control. I'm like doing all the work that I can do to like get it as healthy as possible. And like seeing, um, a physical therapist twice a week doing massage and, um, manual therapy and like all I can do to just like keep it at bay. Um, and hopefully, hopefully it, it just doesn't get worse. <laughs> yeah. And that's and like, you definitely touched on something that I feel like a lot of endurance athletes do run into and hopefully not as much. And like, you did have this big string of training and like fitness guy, this great point. And then it's like, I can't just lose this fitness like i gotta right. hang on to this when did things start because this is kind of like when when we started like uh corresponding a little bit is like right kind of at the tail end of this where it seemed like things were pretty frustrating on your end and you're trying to figure out what to do um but since then like you like you said you worked so hard at like doing everything you can whether that's cross training or and, and cnpt and, and taking the time and just like checking all the boxes and making sure that like whatever's in your control like you're doing it what was it like, what made you start? Like, like, what was it that started making you feeling better? Like, when did that start happening? Yeah. So I did get a treatment like in the early fall, like in September, um, called PRP, which is kind of like a gamble. They say like, it's, it works on some people, some people see no like effect, but I think doing that treatment and then like committing, really committing like to myself that I was gonna just stop and like let it heal and like take its course for like several months. Um, I'm not sure like which thing was what worked or if it was a combination of the two, but ultimately like I saw a lot of progress. It was very tough mentally. Like I've never, I've never taken that long off of running. Um, so it was kind of tough, but, um, but in the end, I think at least now seeing where I am now, it's like, I'm so grateful I did that because now that I've seen like just starting with like a clean slate and building up slowly and like how much better I feel running now than I did like eight months ago, it's like night and day. So I don't know exactly like, what what the turning point was but I think the combination of like getting the treatment really committing to it um laying off of it like and then slowly incorporating like first it was just like aqua jogging and then I was doing like minor like impact stuff like the bike and the um soft sand running and then like and then working in like some more running and more volume like just like taking the building blocks and like building a solid foundation, which I've never really done before. I usually go from like zero to a hundred, which doesn't work. Um, so I think, yeah, it was, it was necessary. And like, I'm hopeful that I can just, just kind of leave that behind me and move forward. And it's nice to have gone. It's not nice to have gone through. It's nice to see what the process is like coming back. Cause like, from what I see from me, like your fitness just seems like pretty good and like in like a relative, like with relatively low volume in a relatively short time. But I mean, you did do a lot of cross training, right? You put in that work and like, it didn't, it wasn't like everything just went away. Like there was still that drive to continue to do better. And, and the PRP part, I remember thinking about that and like, 
being nervous about it for you. I was like, man, I hope this works. But even if it wasn't that it was, it was probably just the commitment. Like you said, like, okay, like something needs to change. And if I'm doing this, I need to make sure this is going to work. Or if, and if it's the rest that works, like then it all kind of works. So I'm really happy that that that's coming back around. Um, so what's next Jacksonville coming up? Yes. I just pulled the trigger and bought some plane tickets. Yes. Nice. Um, that's definitely happening. Um, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Like last year, my goal or like my main objective was to just commit to doing the Spartan national series. Um, I hadn't done that before and I just wanted to like see how it played out and like, um, hadn't, had ambitions of like making the pro team. Um, and I know that like they really consider the series as a part of that. So that was kind of like my goal last year. And a lot of that's bleeding into this year. I mean, because I didn't get a chance to do that, I want to do it this year, but, um, I think my focus, my like mental state's a little different now. I'm, I don't know. I have like more long, longer term goals. Like I really want to focus more on like the later part of the season and Mm. like slowly get to that point, especially coming off injury. Like I know how frustrating that would be to like screw it up at this point by like going too hard, too fast. I'd rather like use Jacksonville as, you know, just a chance for me to brush the cobwebs off, get back on obstacles, get that feeling back of racing. And then like, and then like just take notes on what the reality of the situation is and like what I need to actually work on for whether it's big bear or Utah coming up after. So, and I'll have a decent amount of time to do that too, which will be nice. So yeah, I think, I think the series, I I don't know. I still have big goals for it. Like I want, I'm hoping to be like top 10 um, in several of those races, maybe Mm -hmm. even crack top five. Um, I think it's not out of the realm. So we'll see. (laughs) Definitely. Yeah. I, 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 I love that. That's like, not that you're, it's almost nice to come into a race this early uh, without it needing to have like heavy weight, you know, yeah. like when you have this full off season to prepare for this, like Jacksonville race, it really mean it's like nice. And, but it means a little, it doesn't mean that much, so much different than any other race that you'll see. It's flat to sprint like, mm-hmm. and then to just like try to build and try to like get yourself to this really high level fitness for this race. As it's early. It just like, doesn't make sense in the scheme of things, but that's like just kind of what we've been forced to do. So you're just at the point where like, you just couldn't do that. <laughs> which is actually kind of nice. Yeah. Um, so I agree. I mean, I think, I think top five in these races, top 10 in these races, hundred percent, I think that's where you belong. And like, I'd love to see like where, where things end up at, like just where Tahoe kind of left off, like just being able to continue that. What do you have like goal races for the year outside of the series or what is that? What do you, what do you think? And like, if races are going to happen? Yeah. Um, I, I have, I haven't really decided what like my A race is going to be this year. I think I have my eye on Tahoe. I know they just announced that, but it's also like, I don't know. I also was thinking about trying OCRWC for the first time. And like, I know they scheduled that overlapping, which sucks. Um, So that will be a decision I have to make. And (laughs) yeah, I don't have like a single race. That's like, all right, this is what I'm pushing all my effort efforts towards. Um, I think, I'm really hoping that like the later series races do happen, like Utah, um, West Virginia, and then Tahoe as like the North American championship. I'll have to decide if I want to do that or OCRWC. Cause I, I definitely had my eye on that last year. So we'll see what I decide on that. But um, aside from that, I think um, I'd love to do like some mountain races um, kind of like dip my toes in, more of that like I think that's my my favorite part of training is definitely like like training for like the bigger mountain races going out and like running for like a few hours up in the mountains like that's my happy place so I'd love to just do some races that kind of like 
cater to that feeling. With no obstacles or just like just trail running or yeah. obstacle. Yeah. That'd be sweet. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, I don't know. They have a lot of mountain races out here. So I think it'd be, it'd be cool to try some. That'd be really fun. Yeah. I think that should be definitely part of, part of the plan. Those are, those are more likely to happen. I feel like these like trail races or mountain races that don't have like a ton of people at them and like, you don't have to shut down the roads. So it's like, you can kind of do it in waves. So, um, yeah, cool. I love it. No, well, I think you're poised to do well. I'm, I'm, I'm so excited to have you on the squad. Um, where can people find you in terms of social? Um, my Instagram is mountain goat girl, all one word. <laughs> um, that's probably the best place what's the what's the genesis of the the mountain goat uh good question i was that always your ig handle or was it like so i was really late to the game on ig like i've only had it a couple years but um i think i i picked it when i i went to south america for a while and climbed mountains um and like lived out there so i think while i was out there i chose that i started a blog and like Oh, cool. Just like writing about my mountain adventures. So it kind of stuck. <laughs> got to keep on brand. Got to yeah. gotta grab that handle and stay on it. Um, cool. Well, I appreciate you j- jumping on. Um, I'll press stop and we'll just kind of head back to that, that first part. But, okay. Well, I appreciate it. And we will talk to you soon. All right. Thank you.